Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, kicking off your one o'clock hour, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Every Thursday, we give you your jazz preview show where we kind of count you down to uh, upcoming games. Jazz finally wrapping up the all-star break and taking on Charlotte tonight, Hans. Hey, did you see this tweet that I put out? Did you used to play with these things? Oh, what are those? The muscle men? Yeah. When you were back in fifth, sixth, oh, yeah. sixth grade? I sent this tweet out, and it's a picture of the muscle men. And guys that are our age, probably 40-ish to 50-ish, you'll remember these things. I had not seen them since I was in fifth or sixth grade, and this came across my Facebook, and I was like, what? And it's just a real throwback to better times. Yes. When you're sitting there at recess – and you're running some type of trading auction, uh, auction like, hey, I'll give you Blockhead and, and Mr. Arms for, you know, what, whatever their names were. Man, I miss those days. But it's kind of a fun throwback. You can go take a look at it. But you do remember these? Oh, I do you remember those. Absolutely, yeah. Do you remember what your favorite toy was um, when you were Oh, Transformers. It was all By far. Oh, yeah, dude. I was a huge tra- I know you're a G.I. Joe guy. All G.I. Joe. But I was all about the Transformers. And that was back in the day, too, where they made them with, like, real metal. Like, like they put a lot oh, of... Oh, yeah. Those, those things- were high-quality toys. You had to put those in an industrial melter to damage them. They were hardcore. Lloyd, what was your favorite toy back in the day? Uh, He-Man and G.I. Joe. He-Man used to wreck the G.I. Joes. Really? So, he's too big. But they would combat each other? Yeah, they would combat you want to know how big of a football dork I am? And I was. And I played with G.I. Joes all the way through parts of eighth grade. So I went a little longer than some with my creative mind. But I, what I would do is I would I would set them up in 11-man football teams. Nice. And I'd run G.I. Joe football teams a, a lot between the Cobra Commander and Duke. and was Snake Eyes your uh, QB? Yeah, QB one uh, receiver. Okay. Because I always felt like Snake Eyes. Oh, Snake Eyes would be a great slot receiver. Yeah, he, I always felt like he reminded me a little bit of Jerry Rice. So I was always like, yeah, right. yeah. he's going to be running my receiver, and I'd run him over the top, and and I bomb it over the top. Duke was typically my quarterback, and Cobra Commander or Destro was my quarterback on the other end, and I'd run full football games. I taped. <clears throat> what I'd do is I'd tape a, a little yarn around the bottom of their ankle to, to identify which team they played for well yeah because they're in the fatigue yeah. so that's hard to i'm not hating tell the difference there's Man. no there's no joking going on here i think I, that's cool as heck i loved playing my football games with my gi joe guys but anyways just see, a I, fun walk down memory see, i don't think i'd have optimus prime as my quarterback he'd probably need to be on the o-line i'd probably have bumblebee as my quarterback he'd be a good read option guy oh, man. optimus prime's gotta be your qb right no he's too big He's a freaking semi truck. He can't be. He can't be a quarterback. Would you run him a D tackle then? Oh, he might be a good D tackle. Good three technique kind Bumble, of guy. Bumblebee a QB. <laughs> Transformers were the real deal. Still, my favorite cartoon was Wildcats though. Snarf. Yeah. 
You just wanted me to go snarf. Yeah. Snarf. yeah. Every time yep. I get that out of you. All right, Hans and Scotty, earlier today, Jake and Ben had a chance to catch up with jazz legend Mehmet Okur in town, and uh, he knows he gets nothing but love for jazz fans when he comes back to Salt Lake. I always feel, I mean, it's, as soon as I step on the airport and uh, when I'm here, even started from baggage claim to the hotel, to the arena, to the, on the street, try to get a coffee, like I feel that love from people and uh, that kind of shows me especially my when I walk around with my kids and family when I get that still that love from fans they're like oh dad you must have done something good here kind of feeling you know I was like I guess I did it okay <laughs> so it kind of like uh, get that love really really, really like, makes me feel great and it's always great to be back in town and uh, connect with you guys and people and I feel so still I know this is such an obvious, like, kind of question about, you know, Utah jazz lore and you being a jazz player, but but what was it like playing for the great Jerry Sloan? A quick story about Jerry. I mean, and uh, I was free agent in 2004 after we won and beat Lakers in finals in Detroit, and uh, became free agent, and uh, uh I was to sign a six-year six-year deal with Jazz. My first day here, as soon as I arrived airport, I get I get picked up and on my way to hotel, and everybody was talking about Jerry. You know, I knew I always knew Jerry was a great coach and great leader and great guy, but everybody started talking about like, "Are you in shape?" I was like, "I guess I am." I worked out and I played for a national team somewhere, and. Okay, that's fine. <clears throat> go straight to the arena or practice side, and people ask me, "Are you in shape?" I was like, "This is like getting old. I'm in shape. I'm. I feel great. I worked out there, right?" So day one training camp, after first practice, I was not able to walk. <laughs> then they look at me like, "We asked you that." So there's a between being in shape and just slowing shape. Yeah. So I realized there that I have to be in shape every day. I have to be able to run every day. So we kind of like that's how we started. And uh, I think Jerry, for me, the best coach ever happened to me in my career. And uh, as far as like he was always a straight shooter, right? Nothing behind your back. I had some coaches done, you know, things behind my back. And uh, he told me that, hey, kid, if you don't get in shape, I can't start you. I can't play you. You better get in shape and come back. And then we go from there kind of feeling. That was like day one in training camp. So uh, kind of like uh, helped me through my career how to be professional, how to become like a better player and on and off the floor, better person. So kind of like uh, like I said, it's, he was the best ever coach in my 20-year career. Well, Memo, you're back to celebrate the 2000s decade night for the Jazz tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. Carlos Boozer back in town. Darren Williams back in town. We've seen those guys quite a bit. We've seen you a little bit. One player we haven't seen in a long time is Andre Karolinko. After he left the Jazz, we've not seen a lot of him. What's your relationship been like with Andre, and what was it like playing with him? We still keep in touch, keep in base with uh, also Darren and Boozer. I know they they close by. They're in state, and... Uh, and I get to see them and talk to them. And uh, for Andre, he, I'm sure you guys know that he is a president of Russian basketball. 
and he got involved all like the basketball stuff over there like uh, months and years he was not able to make it over here because he was too busy doing that and plus this the war been going on for them. He couldn't get out and kind of like he had to kind of like uh, stay there, make sure everybody's uh, safe and okay. And but it's, we went out last night. We we, we were able to catch up and uh, and nice to see him. And uh, I'm sure the fans gonna appreciate it because he's in town. It'll be a fun night. So when you see these modern bigs taking threes and making literally hundreds of millions of dollars, do you think, man, that was me. <laughs> that was ahead of my time. Well, I, I, I was one of those guys who started it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> me, absolutely. Me, Rashid, and uh, probably Dirk was one of the first ones. And uh, so it's kind of like uh, that's, Actually, if I was in the league right now, it could have make a big difference, right? To look at the basketball they've been playing and they're playing right now nowadays, and everything is outside. Everything's become one on one, and uh, that uh, I kind of blame my father and my mom. They could have waited another ten years, <laughs> and uh, so well, we get the game now. It's kind of like perfect my, my game, right? So, yeah. and. Uh, we could make a lot of money. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Memo, you look back at your career with the Jazz. You know, you make the conference finals. You make an all-star team. Right before you join the Jazz, you win the title with that 03-04 Pistons team. You've got game winners. You've got, you know, the two that you beat the Spurs when the Jazz hadn't beat the Spurs forever. You had the, the late game baskets there. Do you have a memory that sticks out? I mean, do you have a single moment that sticks out, or or does it all come together? Uh, it's... I think that the, the, all the, the money man deal started with the San Antonio game. I had a put back, plus a couple of buzzer beaters and against Seattle. And uh, uh, there's so many, so many games I've played. Uh, but being on the Western Conference Finals and uh, kind of like a, one of the signature memory for me, and uh, as far as individual goals and everything. I made I broke a couple uh, three point make uh, and per year I had that uh, record. Then I probably either Joe or Gordon broke that and uh, took it took it away from me. But it's okay. I uh, also made All Star team 2007. It was kind of like all all together. It's great memories, great times. All right, we remember a lot of made shots, big shots, all that. I want to ask you about two specific series against the Houston Rockets. We all know that you're so accomplished for your offense. I want to know what it was like when Jerry pulled you aside and said, see that mountain over there named Yao Ming? We're going to need you to take him out of the series if you could. Now, I want to ask you about that because you had two great series and you guys won those in large part because of what you were able, were able to do against him. Well, I believe that was back-to-back years, yes, correct? right. And, uh, and also, I think Houston had a home court advantage on us. Both times, I think, and, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, so the matchup was different. Yao Ming didn't want to guard me because I was outside, and Boozer was always involved with pick and rolls, and you know how great the, the finisher he was. And they, they kind of like the opposite matchup, which helped me because uh, I was out there because of the durable penetrations. Boozer, you know, kick out and everything 
and I was kind of free, and uh, I was able to make those shots at the end. But the thing for me was the kind of like guarding Yao Ming was, uh, I think, helped me as far as like defending how to defend like a bigger guys, taller guys. Kind of like I kind of like uh, got better doing that over the years. Then because I had to meet him early, not don't don't give him it to you know the the he's on space making t- over making uh, shoot over tough shots over my hands and boxing mat. I was the defending him was uh, really difficult for me, but we did hell of a job as a team and everybody helped each other. But on the other end, I was able to make those shots because the Darren is such a you know, his great IQ and a great passer, and uh, the teammates was able to find me, and uh, and it was a good series. Memo, uh, your NBA career ended 12 years ago. What have you been doing since? What What are you doing uh, currently? Uh, I was coaching and uh, Turkish national team about three four years. Kind of, I got involved with uh, because we have kind of uh, good talents there. Generation is coming, and I tried to help them. And uh, I was be- I've been doing that. I was still live in San Diego, kind of like an Uber driver, no tips. <laughs> and uh, and I'm sure you I'm sure you feel me on that. And uh, <laughs> uh, just playing golf, work out, take the kids tournaments and practices every day, something right. So uh, kind of like easy life, the life. I've been dreaming to do so. That's what I'm doing, enjoying my life and family. There he is, Memo Kerr with Jake and Ben earlier today, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I love that Memo's out there taking credit for being the innovator of the big man stretch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was one of those guys. Good for him. Man, he would be so good in today's game. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So, Memo Kerr. It, on a scale of one to ten, wh- where would you put his passing? Uh, six, six point five. Because I, I'm looking at some of these slow movers. I'm looking at some of these big guys. We were talking about one in Ali Khalifa, the big man playing for BYU right now, and some of his movement reminds me of Mehmet Okur's movement. And by the way, I was reading about Ali Khalifa, and and I didn't really see him as an NBA guy, but he's getting he's NBA getting some noise. Love. Yep, there's some NBA story about Khalifa right now. And when I watch him, like you remember that long drawn out Mehmet Okur first step? Yeah, it was like oh, it was lengthy and long, and then his step back was so slow and deliberate. His his release, his jump off his release wasn't exactly snappy, but it was accurate. And I was like, man, well, you know, he is a bit of the innovator. He, in today's game, he would be very useful. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he was, uh, he was born a l- about fifteen years too early, because he would fit right in in the NBA right now. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, one twenty-five. Hands and Scotty, ninety-seven five. The KSL Sports Zone. Uh, Craig Buller Jack will join us at uh, one thirty, right here on ninety-seven five. The KSL Sports Zone. 
This is this is DJ and PK. Nick Robinson, assistant basketball coach at BYU. Obviously, you tried to educate yourself on the Big 12 and prepare as coaching staff for this move, but you can't know everything. What's the biggest surprise been? You know, I think the biggest surprise is what we were told, but you can't really know until you experience it, that the Big 12 is a gauntlet. Every single night is a physical battle. It's very, very high-level coaching. It's very high-level individual players. It's very high-level teams. We understood that, but we had not experienced it. And now we're with 13 games in and have a better sense of what that is and what it means to be in the middle of the gauntlet. And we're uh, super excited about the next game. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone Jazz Preview Show. Expected to hear from Craig Bullerjack here momentarily. I have not got this approval from Kevin Eubank, but I do want to read you some uh, weather news. Okay. So, preliminary estimates show that we've received 13.18 inches of liquid this month at Alta Collins. So, up in Alta. All right. This month, 13 inches. That's, that's That seems like a lot. That would be a February record since record keeping began at that site in 1980. Wow. It beat last year's uh, moisture at Alta Collins. They're, 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 and remember, last year, March is when things really kicked up and got yeah. crazy with the moisture up in the mountains. So we've got another storm that's coming in after this weekend. I think, what is it, Monday, Tuesday or Tuesday, Wednesday? There's another storm that's rolling in, but we're supposed to keep on this moisture train. And right now, Scotty, across the board, we are in the positives in our average numbers across the entire state. How, Um, How about this coming in from Deer Valley? Um, in February, Deer Valley has received 9.6 feet of snow. That's 115.5 inches. Only three days in February has Deer Valley not reported any new snow. It's an average of 5.25 inches per day. That's crazy. That's by Park City, right? Uh, that's Yeah, Deer Valley, Park City. Yeah. I think that's where Malcolm Merlin had his cabin was in Deer Valley. I think it's kind of the ritzy place of uh, okay. part of Park City. But- we are above average in every category from the Bear area to Weber Ogden area to the northeastern Uintas to Deschain, uh down at Alaska, uh, Escalante. We've got moisture abound. And what's crazy is I go up to hit the ice fishing at all these different reservoirs. Yeah. There's nowhere to put it. These, go look at Deer Creek right now. Deer Creek's as high as I've ever seen it. And it's not iced, which is really strange. 
There's no ice on Deer Creek, and it's as high as you've ever seen it. Yeah. And so you're looking at all of this water capping off, and you're like, okay, so now what? <laughs> There's a lot of moisture coming down. Well, you know, the thing is, this is this is my perfect winter. I have loved this winter because we're getting relatively warm temperatures and rain here in the valley, but yet we're getting bombed with snow up in the mountains. So that nice. makes, makes it easy on me. Okay, so your elevation isn't getting hit as much? Uh, we had like, a, I want to say we had two inches last night. We had a little bit of snow last night, but many, for the how, most part, it melts off during the day. Like it has, we haven't had that huge storm where I got, you know, the snowblower out at 5 a.m. trying to get our kids to school and stuff like that. It's been a relatively mild winter in terms of people in the valley and even on the benches. But up in the mountains, we're getting all the good snow. So, you know what? Win win. I'm, I'm down. How many times have you gotten your snowblower out? Well, I'll say maybe three times. That's how many times I've scraped. Yeah. yeah, it hasn't been much at all. I've scraped my walks three times. I mean, I went and bought a Lloyd Cole endorsed snowblower a couple of years ago, and I've not been able to use it the way that— Well, the plug-in just wasn't working. You hanging on to that monstrosity, Lloyd? Of course. But it's But I've only sitting... used it like once today, this year. It's, only it, once. You've only used it one time? It's only been like one time. Yeah. That's it's crazy, man. We're February was a wild moisture season yeah. for us here. So I look at the reservoirs, but from what I understand, they'll just release reservoirs down to the Great Salt Lake or down into Utah Lake. But there's a part of me that looks at the Utah Lake area, and I and I, I, I know you haven't been out that like to that north end of Utah no. Lake. So when I first moved out to Utah County in that Saratoga Springs area, that north end of Utah Lake was all just marsh. It was cattails, deep mud. Marsh, it's where the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints used to have one of their summer camps, and there used to be cotillions and all these things at the, the end of that that lake. But the soil it, and, and the area was always overrun by marsh. That is all condos now. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, it's all townhouses, oh, all boy. condos, all tilt-ups. It's... It's all kinds of of industrial builds, and it's like, man, if we had three or four of these winters hit us, and we had to release that moisture down into Utah Lake, those guys are in trouble. Oh, they're they're in trouble. Hey, uh, while we wait, while we wait on Bowler, uh, somebody wants to chime in on this. Oh, uh, longtime listener. And also, longtime caller K Bank joins us. Oh no, you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. Hey, I, you guys are so. Hey, listen. I've never, ever, ever talked sports <laughs> during my weathercast. I have enough respect for you and what you do to allow the space. So I tune in. I listen all the time, and I'm thinking, dude, who's giving the weather report? Who's talking about Alta's? moisture content february year to date record stuff and lo and behold it's my friend who's talking about it I'm, I'm sick and i'm to like my wait a minute i want to talk jazz i want to talk utes i want to talk cougars and we're what what <laughs> it's all we out got of, outside our lane it's all out of admiration and a bit of fear okay bank because i don't know what we're going to do with all this water i i you know and honestly Kevin, he did start the conversation. I don't know if you heard. He's like, you know, I am stepping on Kevin's toes here a little bit. Oh, no. Oh, oh, I heard that. And I'm, I'm not, you're not stepping on my toes. 
I just feel for your viewers and listeners. I, I feel <laughs> I, I feel like they didn't come here to get a weather report. They didn't come here to hear Hans's affinity and attraction to water and climate. I don't know where it comes from, and I'm a weather guy. It's a little unnatural. Let's just be honest. <laughs> he does love his weather. This is true. This is true. It's a little, it's a little uh, weird to me. I don't know where it comes from, but I, all the same, I just want you to know I love you, and I really appreciate it. But if your listeners actually want to hear what's happening, tune in tonight, 5, 6, and 10. We'll give them the whole rundown. Well, and by the way, I don't miss it. I mean, I just watched your whole weather cast last night and the storm that's coming in. And I saw that you gave a, uh, was it a, it was a 10 or was it a 30-day uh, precipitation total? Like, I, I watch every night. I am tuned well, in. That was on the other channel, but you're really nice. And thank you. <laughs> I I know when it's my K bank, and I don't wander. I don't have wandering eyes for my weather reports. Okay, that's now that's creepy. You go, <laughs> go talk to Bowler. I'm going to listen. This has been fun. Uh, we love you. You're the best, K bank. Appreciate yeah. it. Chief meteorologist, the man. Kevin Eubank. I do I have a kind of an unnatural obsession with it? Uh, just just a bit. Why is moisture like always on my mind? Craig Bowler Jack's gonna join us next. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. We're in Big 12 country now. You know what's really relevant in the Big 12? College basketball. And if the local programs can step up to the competition level, man, we're in for college basketball being really relevant around here and hopefully to stay. And good for BYU for kicking in the door. I didn't think they'd beat Baylor in their first year. Baylor is a upper echelon program. And BYU's beating Baylor in their first year. Hats off to that program for meeting the challenge. Khalif, obviously the big story with his best outing of the season and got BYU some easy baskets and then the other thing that BYU did very well is they won the math equation which is if you're going to let us hit 14 threes you're going to lose and that's a smart design from Mark Pope. There's a lot of good going down in Provo in the basketball department and got to give him credit. I 100% admit I was skeptical about it and what a year. Hear Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time to hear from the great Craig Bowler, Jack. Bowler joins us now. Bowler, how are you? Hey, Bowler. Scotty. Hanson. How are you? Yeah, better now. Well, got got myself in a little bit of a bind. We we uh, I, I started talking weather, and Kevin Eubank called in and gave, me a, gave me a tongue lashing, and I, I kind of deserved it. But, I, man, I'm just so consumed by – our state's moisture that I can't get away from these climate updates. It's, it's crazy, Bowler. Well, what is it? They call it the, um, oh, what is it? The, the uh, stream or the, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you, the atmospheric river. What, what you say it all the time. Atmospheric, Scott. atmospheric river. Yes. Yes. 
What were the terms you say? Uh, I I don't remember that. Si- bomb cyclone. Bomb cyclone. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I love these Kevin, meteorologists, man. Kevin, they I think they sit around oh. like, what kind of crazy thing can we come up with? Atmospheric yeah, river. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a they've got their own dictionary. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love Kev. You know, I've been around a long time, and he let me wear his white jacket one time, which you know really put me over the top. But that's. Uh, that was a that was a crazy thing, and they came in and got mad and took it off me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we Hans found out you don't want to you don't want to get on the wrong side of Kevin Eubank. No, no, no. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's a profession, but look, you know, it's always like, why why did it snow last night, Kev? Well, you know, it was the uh, the, the, the the lake effect. Okay, uh, okay. Hey, if I, if I get it. If Kevin Eubank, if he's got any chops, he'll let me come in and do fat guy in a little coat in his white suit during one of I his. I think it ought to happen, man. I think it ought to happen. Oh, that'd be awesome. You know? That would yeah. be awesome. Put on and the then, white coat. And just flex and just tear that thing in half like your Hulk Hogan. Flex. Just... Yeah. Hey, flex Kevin. It, and that back, that back just rips right open. Yep. Yeah. Fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> fat guy in a little coat. And just tear his white coat. Uh, bowler, all-star break, finally in the rearview mirror. Um, yeah. How, how have the last few days been for you to kind of uh, re- good. reintroduce yourself to Sharon and the family? Yes. Uh, who am I? Thank you. Saying, you know, I, I know my bed. Um, you know, it was needed for everybody. I think the mental part, I feel, you know, I feel a little more mentally um, refreshed, I think is the good word. 26 to play. Uh, you know, let's see what, you know, Will and Justin and Danny are going to try to accomplish two and a half games out of a play-in. I know Danny said at the end, beginning of the season, look, a playoff spot would be a nice, uh, another, you know, uh, level to climb into. If it doesn't happen, then so be it. Uh, there's no preconceived outcome of this season, which I thought was important for Justin to talk about. You know, just go play. And I think they just want to see how each of these players respond uh, over this last seven weeks. Uh, it's the fourth most difficult finishing schedule in the league, especially after about March 9th. We're talking about that as shoot around this morning. The next seven games, there's winnable games. So you could help yourself build some confidence before you jump into the frying pan, so to speak. But yeah, the jazz will be tested. I mean, what else is new in this league? And I think you want to see what Taylor Hendricks is. Uh, you should get a pretty good taste of his skill set after 26 games. He's final 26. We kind of get to know. We know what Keontae is, and also can Walker continue to grow, get stronger, or a little, you know, maybe develop a, a little bit more of a rebounding. Let's grab with grab it with, you know, with gusto, attitude, and you know, Chris Dunn and Colin Sexton. How's the backcourt uh, and the backup with Dunn now coming off the bench? So there's a lot of questions, and I hope uh, the fan base continues to be dialed in. A lot of draft picks. I think of the busy guys in the off season. Don't I mean? It only only sounds with, you know, a bucket full of first-round picks, I think 14, 15 at last count, and very active in free agency, and at least money, I should say, available. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see the next in the offseason plus what, what they want to see in the next 26 games. So I go through waves of concern on different areas for the Utah Jazz, and right now my full concern is Larry Markkinen, his happiness and his uh-huh. willingness to resign and be with the Utah Jazz long-term and – I'm looking at Golden State and the Lakers. I think they're both desperate with their payouts and some of their aging veterans that they are going to push and force to make the postseason. So I'm not expecting Utah at this point after selling at the trade deadline to make it. 
So my question to Scotty was, how long can the Utah Jazz keep Lowry Markinen happy at this pace before Bowler? It's almost like their hand is is forced because they're gonna. It's gonna be max. It's gonna be a lot of money at some point. He's not gonna be making less than John Collins and Colin Sexton. It's yeah. It, it's going to get expensive. But how long can they keep him happy? Are Are you seeing any signs of Lowry Markinen feeling like I, this isn't what I signed up for? I don't sense that yet. I think this off season will be critical hands. It's a great question because he is right now, uh, you know, an all-star of a year ago. I thought he should have been there this year, but just missed out and most improved a year ago. Uh, but that's a great question. Keeping high level players uh, who are reaching that star status uh, you know, on a consistent basis, by the way, and are, is he in the loop? I say yes. I, I, I don't think he could not be in what is going on and what the plan is. Uh, the plan is obviously Justin and Danny's and probably marketing and, and Will Hardy all in on that conversation of next steps. But you bring up a great question. Uh, we see players who get disgruntled and say it's time to move on. Uh, the plan isn't what they thought, but I think the plan is in place. I think Markkinen is most likely, I can't say for sure, but I'm guessing with his status on this team and his importance hands that he has to be in the loop to understand. Now, are all players motivated by money? Yeah, it's it's good to be paid. It's It kind of tells the rest of the league who you are and the status that you bring. So the Jazz cleared out some cat space with expiring contracts and Kelly Olenek, obviously, uh, and that gives them room to work. And I think that's probably the most important thing that marketing sees. Um, what they do is, is, is just a wait and see game. But uh, I, I think, again, I go back to what Ryan wanted to do early when he took um, the stewardship from the Millers ownership stewardship is look, let's, let's make this happen sooner than later. I don't think this is a, this is more of a fast track approach than it is slow. And they have to see hands who they have. Is the ninth pick, Taylor Hendricks, really what they thought or hope he can be? I think we got a really good feel of what Keontae can be. He's coming off 33 and had a nine three-point performance against Golden State just before the All-Star break. And is he breaking out into what they thought he would be? And I think the, the answer is yes. But still, work to be done. And that's what intrigues me the most. Is Sinsabaugh going to get a look? I don't know. Uh, but I, I think those questions are going to be slowly answered game by game starting tonight uh, against Charlotte, who, by the way, rebuilt rebuilt their team in a pretty quick hurry, moving uh, Hayward and P.J. Washington uh, just before the trade deadline. So this is going to be a totally different Charlotte team than we saw a couple of months ago uh, or even a month ago. And then you get San Antonio Sunday, and then you go on to Atlanta, Orlando, and Miami. So I think, yeah, we're going to get a feel for what direction – they're going and also check the body language hands. You know, this and Scotty, I mean, you can see uh, in defeats winning's easy and, and you're always feeling good, but how do you work through the losses and you can, do you, do you continue to play uh, inspired basketball? That's all Will Hardy. I think wants and to play defense and can I throw this in trim down turnovers. That's a real big key. If the jazz want uh, some success in these final 26. How difficult has this been for Will Hardy, who is not going to complain, and he's probably not even going to say anything privately, but, you know, he had a team last year that was winning games on a pretty good clip. It got dismantled at the trade deadline. 
Then this year, again, you know, he's got another team he's working with, and then it gets remade a little bit. Once again, maybe not yeah. as dramatically as it was last year at trade deadline. But I got to imagine, I mean, that's, you know, look, there's the, the guy has essentially coached four different teams in about yeah. a year and a half. I mean, that's that's certainly not easy on a coach. No, no. I thought he looked tired before the All-Star break, and who wouldn't be? I mean, he's had to kind of go back after the trade deadline for those three games four games, uh, almost like opening camp again. Uh, new faces, uh, you lose Olenek, who you played through. He was another facilitator, by the way, so you lose him, and you lose uh, maybe a wing defender in Ochai, who they were trying to bring along on the offensive side as well. And then Fontecchio was a starter and could shoot the three and maybe was a better defender than people thought, Six seven, you know, had a long wingspan. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, he's got a five-year deal. Um, so I think security is okay. Oh yeah. So he's heading, he's heading in Scotty and hands into his third season, uh, in about two months, you know? So that means after, if, if they make the playoffs, it'll be a, a, another step in the, in the right direction. Some would say no bowler look, but this draft doesn't really give a lot of high level talent, talent, at least on paper or at least in hype. The last two seasons. Yes. This season, not so much. So the plan, they, they have draft picks. I mean, Will has to be in the loop. So he has to know what's to come. Uh, look, he's always said, look, they pay me to coach the players, Danny and Justin, give me. And I think every coach I've always talked to, that's always been a, the great direct response. But they're still in the loop of what the team is doing, going to do moving forward. Uh, you can't control all the buttons and, and – uh, you know, strings, but uh, he's a young, talented guy, huge respect around the league, uh, and the players love playing for him from everything I've seen, and I just think he's just trying to wait it out too. He's learning as they go, and he's only going to be a better coach when the Jazz actually decide all the foundation pieces and how they continue to move forward. But is it easy on him? No. Does he get it? Yeah. I think I think working with Pop for those nine years – had to kind of give him a little bit of, you know, mortar in those bones, man. I think he understands how difficult it is to win and what it takes to build a championship team because he was around it and a coach in Greg Popovich who was part of that, you know, part of the architecture, not all of it. But the players he got, man, Ginobili, Parker, Duncan, Robinson. I mean, good grief. Look at the players that came through. They're all Hall of Famers. And, Hopefully, you know, Will will get his turn. Before we let you go, uh, one of the reasons why we got you a little bit later on uh, in the show today is the Jazz are honoring a lot of these former players, the early 2000 team, Boozer, AK, Memo, who was on with uh, Jake and Ben earlier today. Uh, Really some cool stuff. And this is is your era of uh, play-by-play for for the jazz just how cool is it to see these guys back in town and how cool is this going to be to honor these guys and and those teams that frankly had it not been for the lakers and kobe and and uh you know lamar odom and and pow and and those teams probably would have been right there for a chance to win an nba title yeah no i was just up in bountiful and they the jazz had a luncheon for season ticket holders and memo and AK, uh, I, I was kind of like the moderator of this Q&A session. We had more fun. Uh, Money Man is is what you always think. I mean, he is just loves to be a jazz man and come back. And AK, 
coming over from Russia. He's head of the Russian Federation of Basketball, the president. And it was so good to see them both. And I'll tell you, Quincy Lewis, I just have to give a shout out, former jazz player uh, who they brought in to help re-energize the, gosh, man, just the foundation pieces, the alumni who have come through this franchise and to bring them back during the 50 years of jazz basketball, the celebration of. And I'm so glad that Memo and, and AK and D-Will and Boozer will have a Q&A session tomorrow in Park City uh, with those two. Can't wait. And they're all four will be at the game tonight. And on the, on the Jazz Plus side, the alt cast with Big T, Mike Smith's going to join me in the booth tonight. And Big T's going to host these guys watching the game and reminisce about what was and what could be. Memo said today to me and AK, they thought they could play six minutes each. So that, that would equal 12 minutes of basketball. I thought it was crowd just went crazy on that, you know. So uh, they have personality. And I, I don't think you can ever go away from those pieces that made the franchise what it is today. Some want to say, well, that's in the past. No, you have to embrace the past to move forward, and I'm, I'm really glad the Jazz are doing that. And uh, we'll see all four of those uh, players on the floor tonight. Uh, Memo, AK, uh, D. Will, and Booz. Be fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. Bowler, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us. But sorry for the late call. No, you're uh, all good. I appreciate Lloyd. Lloyd. Lloyd's on me like a hound, man. I love it. So, uh, Lloyd, thanks, pal. We'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, it's fun until it happens every day, and then he <laughs> yells at you. And- <laughs> Kind of gets like uh, his new nickname's the grinder. It's it's kind of starting to get around the office a little bit, like a pepper grinder. Yeah, (laughs) it's rough. He'll turn you to dust. Oh yeah, in a hurry. (laughs) (laughs) See you, Bowler. Have a great call. See you, Bowler. Talk soon, guys. See you. There he is, the great Craig Bowlerjack, right here on ninety-seven five, the KSL Sports Zone. We go from one legend to another. Tim Lacombe will join us next. Ninety-seven five, the KSL Sports Zone.